0: Welcome to the Kaleo Life Podcast. You can find more resources for gospel living and information about us by going to our website, kaleo.community. Enjoy today's sermon. God, we thank you for this evening that we can open your word. Thank you for... Thank you that we get to think about your son Jesus Thank you that we get to think of Jesus as our prophet, our priest, our king, our savior. Thank you, God, for sending your son to save us. And God, I pray that you, by your spirit, speak to us today through your word. And that the name of your son, Jesus, would be glorified. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right. So, as you already saw and heard, and hopefully read, uh, we are taking a break from the Book of Ephesians, and we are uh, we are thinking about Jesus. Right? We're training, or we're into the Advent season, as I mentioned earlier. Advent means. Uh, arrival or the coming of someone important and so the church historically has celebrated the advent of Jesus has remembered the first coming of Jesus and that is four Sundays leading up to Christmas um we take time to remember and prepare our hearts to commemorate Jesus's birth and uh Also, as I mentioned earlier, it's a really good opportunity to prepare our hearts for Jesus' second coming, right? Because we have the assurance, we have the certainty that if Jesus already came once, just as the entire Old Testament prophesied and promised, then we have the assurance that Jesus will come a second time just as he promised. Um, So what we are doing, let me just explain a little bit. Uh, what we are going to be doing in the following Sundays, the the name of our series is Emmanuel, and Emmanuel is one of the names that was given to Jesus, which means God with us. And we are focusing on three of, or on the three offices of Christ, and we're adding a fourth. And by that, we don't mean that you know we're gonna rewrite the theology books and we're adding anything new. Because really, we know that Jesus is our Savior. But we are focusing on Jesus as a prophet, Jesus as a priest, and Jesus as a king. And then the fourth Sunday, we will do Jesus as a Savior. And then on Christmas, we will talk about Emmanuel, God, with us. And before we jump, today we're going to focus on prophet. But before we jump into that, I just want to give a little bit of a, of a summary or an overview of the offices of Christ just so that we're all on the same page. And basically, when you think about all of these, you know, especially focusing on the first three, when you think about the three offices of prophet, priest, and king, and you think about the Old Testament, you can see how in the Old Testament there were people with these distinct offices. right? You think of Elijah, you think of Isaiah, they were prophets. And what did a prophet do? Well, a, prof- a prophet was the one that spoke, the words of god to to us, right, to man. So you you know if you can picture an arrow coming down when you think of prophet, right? Because it is someone who speaks the words of god to us. And then when we think of priest, what does a priest do? Well, a priest, you can think of an arrow going up because a priest is someone who mediates between us and god, right? Is someone who in a sense brings us up to god and makes a sacrifice for us so that we can go into God's presence, so that we can enter God's presence, so that we can pray and, and you know, speak to God. So if you think about it, in the Old Testament, the priests, they would go into the Holy of Holies. And when they entered, they were not only representing themselves, they were representing the entire people of Israel because they were going and speaking to God on behalf of the people. And then when you think of uh, king, well, king is an office of someone who was anointed with the Holy Spirit to be a ruler over God's people. So the image here would be over. A king is someone that rules over God's people. Now, here is the interesting thing. All of these offices were temporary. All of these offices, the prophets, the priests, the kings, they had to be anointed with the Holy Spirit, but they were you know, anointed to a limited measure and they their office was limited by, you know, by the commission that God gave them and also by the fact that they were mortal and they would die and by their sinfulness and by many other things. But the amazing thing is that Jesus, Jesus uh, fulfills and holds these three offices all at once, right? While in the Old Testament, a prophet was not a king or a priest was not a king or a, you know, And all of those, Jesus is all three at the same time. Jesus is our prophet because he is the one that speaks the words of God to us, right? He is the one that has been anointed with the Holy Spirit without, uh, yeah, without measure. And he is the one that speaks the words of God to us. But he is also the one who mediates between us and God. He is our high priest, the one that enters into God's presence and brings us into God's presence as our mediator and Jesus is also our king because he is the one that has received all dominion and power and authority, and he is the one that rules over God's people. And so, Savior, I, you know, we added Savior there because ultimately, the fact that Jesus is our prophet, our priest, our king, means that only he alone is qualified to save us. Have you thought about that? Jesus is the only one who is qualified to save you because he speaks the words of God, because he brings us to God's presence as our mediator, because he rules over God's people. He is the one who is qualified to save. And then lastly, all of this is possible because he is God with us, right? That's what we celebrate at Christmas, that God became flesh, we celebrate at Christmas that God is with us, that he came down to save us. And so, obviously, as we prepare for Christmas, the person of Jesus is absolutely central to this celebration of God's, of, of you know, of his incarnation. And so, the, the overall goal for this series is that all of us would look at Jesus and be absolutely amazed. That we would all look at Jesus, look at his work, look at his offices, look at what he has done for us and continues to do for us. And that we would worship him, that we would be thankful, that we would be grateful, that we would give him all the glory because he is the one who has done and continues to do all of those things for us. So that's, that's the introduction to the series. And tonight we are focusing on Jesus' is priest sorry not priestly Jesus's office as a prophet as someone who brings the who speaks the words of God So let's read Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 and this uh, it, this series is going to be different to what we usually do in that We're not going to really spend time in only one passage, but we're actually going to be going into different passages. We're going to be looking at different verses. Uh, Most of them I already have written down here. So I'm going to try to do my best to give you the references so that you can write them down. Um, If you're really fast with your Bible, you can even get to the references, but because they're already here, I might beat you to it. So I'm just warning you. but we felt when we were preparing for this series, we felt like Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 really summarized this very neatly. It summarizes the offices of Christ very neatly. So it says in verse 1, and can I ask you to stand for the reading of God's word? Hebrews 1, verse 1. Long ago... And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is the word of God. You you may be seated. So I hope that you can see right there uh, already the three offices, right? When he talks about how, you know, God used to speak to us through the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So you see right there Jesus' prophetic office. And then when it says that um, at the end of verse 3, where it says that after making purification for sins, well, that speaks about Jesus' priestly office, right? Where he offered, offers himself as a sacrifice to make purification of sins for, or for our sins. And then lastly, at the very end of verse 3, he sat down at the hand of the majesty on high. And we see there Christ exaltation right he he died on the cross he offered himself as a sacrifice but he didn't stay there he rose again and he ascended and he is now seated at God's right hand and he is reigning and ruling from there and if you want to look into these things a little bit more you are more than welcome to read the book of Hebrews it is a it is quite the book it is quite hefty but it it Amazing. You will not regret reading it. So let's focus on Jesus as a prophet. And and to do that, we need to understand a little bit what the office of prophet was in the Old Testament. So as I mentioned earlier, a prophet is someone who is commissioned by God, is someone who is anointed by God to speak the words of God to the people. Right? And so in the Old Testament, we have several examples of prophets we have isaiah we have elijah we have Elisha, we have uh, um, jonah you know we have so many different people that received a direct commission from god and were anointed by the spirit of god to proclaim god's words And in that part of anointing is important not just to prophet but to all these offices because in order to be a prophet in order to be a priest, in order to be a king, and ultimately in order to be the savior of the world, you had to be anointed with the spirit of God. In fact, that's what the word Christ means. It means the anointed one, the one that has received God's anointment. And so these Old Testament prophets, they were anointed with the spirit of God to speak the words of God. But here is something really interesting. If you uh, if you turn or if you just write down the reference, 1 Peter 1 through here we learn something really interesting about the Old Testament prophets. Peter is talking about our salvation and this is what he says. He says, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied, he's talking about Old Testament prophets, he says, "the the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. So it is interesting because these Old Testament prophets, as they are writing their prophecies, as they are speaking their prophecies, they are very, they are very conscious in that they are thinking, okay, who are we writing these things about? What is this? What are these things that we are writing or telling about? But notice how it says that who was it that inspired or that indicated them the prophecies that we're supposed to speak? It says right there that it was the spirit of Christ in them. So this is incredible because it means that the Old Testament prophets were prophesying inspired by the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Messiah. How many of you have uh, a Bible that has the words of Jesus in red? All right, well, let me suggest this. If the Old Testament prophets were inspired by the spirit of Christ, then shouldn't all of the prophecies in the Old Testament be in red as well? Right? Because ultimately, these prophets were speaking what the Spirit of Christ was inspiring them to speak. In other words, when you come and read your Old Testament, you need to realize that you were reading the words that were inspired by Christ. These were not just, you know, some weird things that they made up or that they thought of and, and, you know, imagined or whatever. These are the things that Jesus himself inspired them to speak and to write. And now let me take it an even further step The prophecies that they wrote were not only inspired by Christ, the prophecies that they wrote were about Christ. Let me tell you an interesting story. Um, As some of you may know, Elena and I met at a Bible college called Emmaus Bible College. And uh, I'll tell you where the name, well, the name of that college comes from luke 24 where where it speaks about jesus meeting two of the disciples on the road to emmaus and now here's the interest here's the the anecdote or story uh in the library they have a painting of the road to emmaus and i i failed to look up who the artist is but it's you know it's a painting of jesus and the two disciples on the road to emmaus and uh I think about a week ago or so, I was at Goodwill, and I, I noticed that they had a bunch of art. And so, you know, Elena and I are kind of cheap, so we just we find our art at Goodwill. Uh, and, and, you know, I was just looking at some of them. I was like, man, we, we're scoring. Like, these are really cool. They're big, they're nice, and they're cheap. Uh, well, guess which one I found? I found the Road to Emmaus. The one, the you know, the same painting that that they have at the college, I found it. So I was really excited, and of course I bought it. I brought it home. When you come to our house, you'll see it hanging there. Uh, one thing, I, one thing we were wondering though is like, I wonder how accurate it is because when you look at it, it it looks a little bit more like a like a European, uh, I don't know, forest. But anyway, we're we're not we're not too worried about that. The whole point is that. Jesus appeared to two of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And the reason why the college is called Emmaus Bible College, the reason why Emmaus is such an important uh, event is because it was on the road to Emmaus that Jesus, and I'm quoting from Luke 24:27, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So Jesus encounters these two disciples. they're all, you know, disturbed because Jesus has just been crucified and, and they don't know that this is Jesus. They don't recognize him. their were their eyes were blinded. and Jesus begins explaining from Moses. By Moses, he means the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. From the prophets, by the prophets means either all of the prophetic books or, or really the rest of the, of the Old Testament. So basically Jesus from the Old Testament begins to tell these disciples all of the things concerning himself. Think about that for a second. Jesus didn't have a New Testament because the New Testament obviously was not written then. Jesus is going from the Old Testament and he is showing them how these prophecies, how these things, how these laws, how these stories were written about himself. In uh there's a passage that is very well known, and, and if you've if you known me for for a while, you know that I like to make this reference, but in 2 Timothy 3:16, the passage that we know is for all scripture was breathed out, is breathed out. All scripture is breathed out by God, you know, useful for teaching, etc. Now, what I like to point out, what I like to to tell people is that we must not forget verse 15. Because in verse 15, Paul tells Timothy that the scriptures, the sacred writings, the Old Testament, he's not talking about the New Testament. The New Testament was was not written yet. He is telling Timothy that through the Old Testament scriptures, these scriptures are, and this is the quote from 2 Timothy three fifteen. These scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The Old Testament is ma- is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And you say, "Wait a second, but the Old Testament doesn't even mention the name, you know, of of Jesus." Well, but as are seeing the old testament is about Jesus Christ is the one that inspired the old testament prophets to speak the words of God and these prophecies that were made they were made about Jesus Jesus is the star of the show he is the center of of everything when we when you read your bible when you read your old testament you should read it with this lens you should read it thinking about how this was written about Jesus Paul in 2 Corinthians one twenty says, For all the promises of God find their yes in Him, in Jesus. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. Think about this. All of the promises that God made through the prophets are fulfilled in Jesus or will be fulfilled in Jesus. So, let me give you a couple of implications before we move on. And, and I think the implications should be clear by now. But here is my exhortation. Do not neglect your Old Testament. I know that the New Testament is amazing, right? Because it's, so, it's a lot easier to understand and it's a lot clearer because it's further revelation. But do not neglect your Old Testament. For they are the words inspired by the Spirit of Christ. They are the words of Jesus. And the, and the follow-up to that is do not neglect to read your Old Testament through the lens of Jesus, right? If, if, if Jesus was able to explain to those two disciples how Moses and the prophets spoke about Jesus, then, you know, now we with the Spirit, with the help of the Holy Spirit, and now we with having the New Testament we should be able to go back and read the Old Testament and find Jesus in the Old Testament and find how it is about Him. Let me give you a, a, just a, you know, a, a pretty simple example of this. When I read the Psalms, something that I often like to do is read the Psalms from three different perspectives. First, I read them Thinking about the original author, right? Maybe David, or one of the, or well, or or the sons of Korah, or whoever wrote whatever psalm I'm reading, and I try to think, okay, what is the original context of this psalm? You know, whether it be a psalm of ascent when the when when the people are returning from Babylon to Jerusalem, or or they're they're longing to return to Jerusalem, or whether it be David, or you know, you name it. And so you read it and you, you meditate on what it meant to them. Then the second perspective that I read it from, or the second time that I, that, I, uh, that I approach the psalm, I think and say, okay, well, I know that Jesus had the psalms available to him in his earthly life. And I know that he loved the word, the word of his father, because, you know, as we have read, ultimately, it is the word inspired by him. And so we know that he read the Psalms, that he knew the Psalms, that he memorized the Psalms. And so now instead of trying to put myself in the shoes of the original author, I put myself in the shoes or the sandals of Jesus in his in his earthly life. And I try to think, okay, I wonder how Jesus prayed this psalm, or I wonder what this psalm meant to Jesus when he was here on his earthly ministry. And then finally, the last. The last uh, uh, perspective that I take when I read a psalm is, okay, well, I know that all scripture points to Jesus. So how does this psalm point me to the person of Jesus, right? How is this psalm fulfilled in the person of Jesus? And I mean, if you're familiar with the psalms, the psalms are loaded with references to Jesus, to his death, his crucifixion, his suffering, his resurrection. Um, him being tempted by Satan. I mean, there's so many things. The Psalms are just so loaded with reference that, references that we can find about Jesus. So, do not neglect your Old Testament. Do not neglect to read it through the lens of Jesus and hear the words of Jesus. Right? If if the Old Testament, if the prophets, if if the Old Testament prophets were speaking about Jesus and were speaking inspired by Jesus, then we should really, really dwell in those words. We should enjoy them. We should feed on them. We should feast on them. We should be comforted by them. We should be listening to those words because they are the words of our Lord and Savior. All right, so moving on. Jesus, you know, not only were the Old Testament prophets inspired by Jesus, not only were the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus, but Jesus himself was anointed by God with the Spirit to be a prophet. To speak the words of God. In Luke 4, Jesus enters a synagogue This is the beginning of his ministry. He he enters a synagogue, and as it was customary, he is handed a scroll. He's handed the, the scroll of the book of Isaiah. And he intentionally found this passage, and I failed to write the reference, but I believe it's Isaiah 61 or 62. I think. I'm not sure. But the passage says, and he starts reading out loud. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolls down the scroll or or folds it, whatever it was, and he says, today, this scripture was fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, this scripture is about me, said Jesus. When Isaiah was, was writing about the spirit of the Lord is upon me, who he wasn't talking about him. This was my prophecy. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Jesus has been fully And completely and actually without measure anointed by the spirit of God. If you, uh, if you go to John chapter three in verse 33, John tells us that he, he's talking about Jesus. He says, he whom God has sent utters the words of God for he, that is God, he gives him the spirit without measure. Jesus speaks the words of God, for God has given him the spirit without measure. The Old Testament prophets, they had a limited measure of the spirit. It was specific for their ministry. It was specific for the words that they were commissioned to speak. But of Jesus, it is said that God gives him the spirit without measure. Why? Because Jesus is the ultimate prophet. Because Jesus is the one that speaks the words of God. All the words that we have recorded of Jesus in in his actions as well, but let's focus on his words right now. All the words that are written about Jesus, he spoke on behalf of God, on behalf of his Father. And that's why in the next verse, John is able to say, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains of him. This sounds harsh at first, but but when you realize that Jesus is speaking the words of God, if you fail to believe Jesus, it is only right that you would suffer the wrath of God. Right? If God has appointed his ultimate prophet and he has sent him to us, and we continue to reject his words then of course we will miss out on this eternal life that is promised to those who hear the words of Jesus. Now let's take it even a step further. Not only is Jesus speaking the words of God, but Jesus is the word of God. Right, Jesus is anointed to come and speak the words of God, but Jesus is the Word of God. John one one says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word." And the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the and the Word was God. Right, he is saying right there that Jesus is the Word of God. Or the author of Hebrews puts it puts it clearly as well. Right, he says. Uh, Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom He also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. Jesus is the Word of God. If you want to know what God has to say to you, Look at Jesus. If you want to know the will of God and the words of God, listen to what Jesus has to say. For he is the radiance of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So here are a few implications for us. Jesus tells us that he is the good shepherd. And that his sheep hear his voice and they follow him. And so if we believe that Jesus is speaking the words of God. If we believe that Jesus is the word of God. If we believe that Jesus is the ultimate prophet. Then we as his sheep must listen to his voice and follow him. There are so many voices out there, innumerable voices out there, telling us all sorts of things. It's overwhelming. I made the mistake of opening uh, or of looking at Twitter again, and I was extremely overwhelmed by how many voices there are out there. And that's just what I could find on my uh, curated Twitter feed there are so many voices out there telling us what to do what to believe telling us what to be afraid of what to what to uh, you know what to follow some of these voices are you know more easily recognizable as you know coming from from the enemy some of these voices are it's a little easier for us to say okay yeah that sounds really bad i'm obviously not going to listen to that although If we're honest, sometimes our sinful nature is tempted even by those clearly evil voices. And so we must be careful with that. But we also have to be careful, especially with the words, with the voices that sound a little bit more godly. That sound a little bit more, you know, biblical, sprinkled with a little bit of truth here and there. Because the enemy loves to disguise himself as an angel of light. And so we need to be extremely careful with the voices that we listen to. We need to be extremely careful with the things that we align ourselves with. Whether it be our political allegiance. Whether it be the the TV shows that we watch. Whether it be the friends that we are around. Wherever you are hearing... Voices, we need to be extremely careful with those because ultimately the, the voice that we want to hear is the voice of Jesus, right? I'm not saying we can't watch TV. I'm not saying we can't read other books, listen to podcasts or, you know, listen to other things that are not sinful. What I'm saying is ultimately the voice we want to heed, the voice we want to pay attention to and follow and obey is the voice of the Good Shepherd. Because he is the one that ultimately has the words of God. And so I truly believe that none of us will get to the last day of our lives and say, man, I regret not spending more time on Twitter, hearing those other voices. Or man, I wish I would have spent more time watching TV or reading more books by, you know, good theologians. I think most of us will say, man, I wish I would have spent more time reading The word of God. I wish I would have spent more time listening to the voice of Jesus, my good shepherd. And so that is my exhortation for all of us. That if we truly believe that the words of Jesus are the words of God, that we would listen. That we would make an effort. That we would make it a priority to listen to his words. And that we would have discernment. To, to judge the other voices that we're hearing and determine through the Word of God, like, it, like the Bereans, to determine, okay, is this really from God? It sounds appealing, it sounds attractive, but is it, can it really be confirmed with what God has already revealed through His Son, Jesus? When Jesus was transfigured before The disciples, do you remember what God said about Jesus? God said, This is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. God accredited Jesus and said, This is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. And lastly, another implication is that. One of the beautiful things about Jesus' offices is that he, he is the one that fulfills them perfectly. He is the one who is perfectly and ultimately our prophet and our priest and our king. But if you remember, as we've been studying in the book of Ephesians, he is the head of the church. And the church is the body of Jesus. And so we get to participate in these things. Just as the Old Testament prophets were anointed with the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit without measure, we have been anointed with the Holy Spirit as well. Those of us who have believed in Jesus, right? When we were saved, we received the Holy Spirit. And now that we have this anointing of the Holy Spirit, it is also our job. It is also our duty to proclaim the words of God to the world. When Jesus spend his last days with the disciples. In Acts 1, we are told, Acts 1.8, we are told that Jesus told them, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And it happened just like that. They received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And the world was transformed. And so we, if you believe in the Lord Jesus, if he has saved you, he has also given you his Holy Spirit and he has commissioned you. And so now you have a prophetic ministry in the sense that it is your job, it is my job to speak the words of God to this world. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, I don't have the reference, but he says, we are ministers of reconciliation. We speak On behalf of God. We are are telling the world, be reconciled with God. We are speaking on behalf of God when we speak to the world and say, be reconciled to God. So we're thinking about Jesus as a prophet. And his words are the words of God. His actions, because he, is, because he himself is the word of God, his actions are God speaking to us. And one of the most clear messages that God sent was the death of Jesus on the cross. Right? At the cross, God was communicating, number one, how, how serious sin is. But also he was communicating how much He loves us. At the cross, he was communicating to what extent he was willing to go to forgive us, to reconcile us to himself. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians that every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we are proclaiming the death of Jesus until he comes. So that is exactly what we're going to do this evening. We are going to proclaim. The gospel, we are going to proclaim the word of God. We're going to proclaim the death of Jesus, the love of God for us. So if you are a believer in Christ, if you know that you have been saved, if you know that you belong to God, you are welcome to come and grab the elements as we sing a song together, bring them back to your seat. And then uh, we will take them together at the end of the song. And if you know that you still do not belong, if you know that this is not you yet, I encourage you, I urge you to be reconciled to God. I urge you to listen to Jesus, God's prophet. Listen to him. It's only through him that you can have eternal life. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that he is the ultimate prophet who has been anointed without measure with your spirit. Help us to hear his voice. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross on our behalf. Thank you that you spoke so loudly through the cross in saying that you love us, that you want to reconcile us to yourself. In Jesus name, amen.